0: Hi, everyone. My name is Greg Knight, and I like watching, thinking about, and talking about movies. One of the great things about starting your own podcast is that there are some days where you get to actually talk to the creators of those movies. Our series, Under the Stole, is where you can find those conversations. I've had the opportunity to interview award winning directors, up and coming documentarians, and even a legit Abraham Lincoln historian. So if you are curious about the creative spirit and want to learn more about how artists are inspired to make their passion projects, check out Under the Stole right here on the Popping Collars feed. hi i'm greg and i'm betsy and this is going on 30 a popping collar side project where there's no crying there's no crying in podcasting
1: <laughs> that's not true if you listen to popping collars there is sometimes <laughs> crying
0: that's not of, Sometimes that's all the podcast is, is just crying. It's <laughs> just crying. There's no crying about movies that were nominated or should have been nominated for Best Picture 30 years ago. This month, we're looking at a league of their own. I'd like to lead you all in a little prayer.
1: Dear Lord, may our feet be swift. May our bats be mighty. May our balls be plentiful. and Lord, I like to thank you for that waitress in South Bend you know who she is she kept calling your name this summer tom hanks is managing the impossible the rockford peaches Girl...
0: peaches Girl says girls can't
1: You're missing the cutoff, man. Now, that, that, that's something that I would like you to work on before next season. Because it's Flash, Flash, we're having a bash at the old, old Ha, 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 got him! Columbia Pictures would like to take you out to the ballgame for an all-star comedy. They'll pay you $75 a week. We only make 30 at the dairy. Well, then, this would be more, wouldn't it? The manager, Tom Hanks. Are you crying? <laughs> There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball.
0: The catcher, Gina Davis.
1: Well, you see, we slip in the back seat and you make a man out of me. What if I smack you around for a while? Can't we do both? The pitcher, Lori Petty. I
0: made it. I'm a i A Rockford Pete.
1: The scout, John Lovitz. Are you coming? See how it works here. The train moves, not the station. And batting cleanup, Madonna. What if my uniform bursts open and, oops, my bosoms come flying out? You think there were men in this country who ain't seen your bosoms?
0: A league of their own. All right. God knows we have a game. It's not like any of this helps, believe me. Directed by Penny Marshall. Uh, Betsy, I have a brief description of this movie. Would you like to hear it?
1: Yes, please.
0: Um, okay. You know what? I have a description of this movie that I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the author of this description. I don't know mm-hmm. who they are. But okay, I'll just read it. All right.
1: They have? A, do they have an axe to grind? Is there axe grinding happening?
0: It feels like they may have. They may have written this while they were watching Tucker Carlson. <laughs>
1: you know. <laughs> oh <laughs> no. Is this movie too woke? Is this, is that, so what's happening here? Because it's woke in some ways, but not ways. Yes, go
0: ahead. Here we go. As America's stock of athletic young men is depleted during World War II.
1: Like it's an Amazon, like, shipping warehouse?
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're low on athletic young men. Can we, um, you know, we're going to have to step up production on this. Mm Mm-hmm. As America's stock of athletic young men is depleted during World War II, a professional all female baseball league springs up in the Midwest, funded by publicity hungry candy maker Walter Harvey. Competitive. Wow. Yeah, right. Really really threw Gary Marshall. He threw big candy Um, under the bus.
1: (laughs) He did. Take that, Wrigley's. That's right. Yep. Okay.
0: Competitive sisters Dottie Henson and Kit Keller spar with each other. Scout Ernie Cappadino and Grumpy has been coach Jimmy Dugan. Wait a second. Okay, this is this is a bad sentence. This Hang is let terrible. Me start again.
1: This is terrible.
0: <laughs> okay, let me start this sentence again. They
1: really okay. want to mention John Lovitz's character? Oh, no. I know,
0: right? I don't I didn't even know what his name was. Okay. Me neither. Competitive sisters, Dottie Henson and Kit Keller spar with each other. Scout Ernie Cappadino and grumpy has been coach Jimmy Dugan on okay. their way to fame. Now, here's the reason why I had to reread that sentence. There was no Oxford comma after scout no. Ernie Cappadino. So you people that are dropping the commas, you are doing this. All right. Put in the Oxford comma, because otherwise I don't know how to read these things okay that's
1: that's it got it ran over (laughs)
0: betsy what's your history with the league of their own
1: well i will say that of all the movies we have watched for this podcast Mm -hmm. over the past how many years of this is our third year fourth year
0: oh my gosh so what did we we started with the movies nominated in for oscars in 1989 so mm-hmm. that was the movies from 88. And we're currently talking about the movies from 92. So we've been doing this for four years.
1: Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I, this is the movie that I have seen the most. Okay. Like on its own so far. Yeah. Like this was a popular movie in the Carmody household. Yeah. We, we, yeah. And we were, you know, as a softball player, pitcher. I I had a hat from one of the original, like one of these four teams. So like when, it's so like when the movie came out, there was then all this interest in the history of mm-hmm. this time, and so there was a place that started to make reproductions and baseball yeah. caps. So I had a cap. Yeah, from this time. Yeah, I
0: mean, it says four teams, but there's really only like two teams that we ever see. You know, in the
1: we see Racine, we see the Bluebells or whatever, whoever they are, and then we see the Peaches. Right. But I think in the end, I think in the end it expanded. Like the, I think it went to more teams. No, oh, yeah. They were also hmm. included. Yeah.
0: Yeah, this is the first movie that I absolutely remember, have a memory of seeing in the theater. Because I, I have, like, a vivid memory of, like, the whole Tom Hanks peeing scene, you know, and all that stuff. Like, I I, I remember watching this in the movie theater when it came out. So that's, that's probably the first time I can say that about any of the movies that we've seen so far. Usually, mm-hmm. most of them I've seen on VHS later, you know, that kind of thing. But now, mm-hmm. granted, I was a baseball kid, so this would have been in my wheelhouse, mm-hmm. but. But yeah, I just thought it was, you know, it was just a lot of laughs. It was probably the first time that I ever kind of recognized Tom Hanks because I wasn't a, I wasn't a big kid, you know, like you know the movie big. I wasn't. That yeah. wasn't really in my. I knew
1: big. I, yeah, my, the, there's where our
0: our uh, age yeah.
1: difference shows. Yeah.
0: So this would have been yeah. like my first kind of Tom Hanks experience, which you know, as mm-hmm. as far as first Tom Hanks experiences go, it's it's not a bad one. So,
1: no, yeah. no, even though it's like he's top build
0: mm-hmm. and he doesn't
1: show up until like 30 minutes into the yeah. movie because we got to sell this movie, right? And we're selling it with Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, and Madonna. That's mm-hmm. what that's what the poster is.
0: Those three. Oh, I remember Madonna was huge. So, Madonna was huge, yes, like at this time. Yes. And her casting in this movie was a really big deal because she was still pretty controversial. So Justify yeah. My Love had come out the year before the documentary for Justify My Love had come out the year before this. And so and mm-hmm. so like up to this point, she had been playing like Dick Tracy, you know, like Film Fatal and Dick Tracy, you know, sort of stuff desperately
1: like that. wanting to play Eva Perone. Right. Well, yeah. She's right. Like, that's... We're Oscar. trying to get yes. some cred. Yes. Trying to get some cred. She's looking for so Oscar can... later,
0: yeah. But yeah. Um, this was about as wholesome a Madonna, you know, um, outing as you could possibly get in the early 90s, I would say.
1: Yes. Evidently, she was not very well beloved in Evansville, Indiana, where they filmed this. Mm. She had a lot of attitude. Yeah. The local... Purveyors of hotels and restaurants and such. She rubbed them all the wrong way. There's some on IMDb in the trivia section. There's a letter uh, that she wrote to somebody about how miserable an <laughs> experience. <laughs> She's like, you know, friends. You know, love, there are some people here who are nice, but I mean, you know, I'm surrounded by athletes, not actors. Right, right. And you know, and there's no attractive men in Chicago. Yeah. You know they're all in New York. I just want to come to New York. Wow. wow! So I try to not. I try to divorce that knowledge that I now have from Madonna. My enjoyment of all the way May.
0: Madonna ingratiating yeah. herself to the Midwest.
1: Just oh man, cool stuff. Not great. Um, what are well.
0: your What are your initial thoughts on A League uh, of Their Own?
1: Have you seen it so many times? For but it was interesting time. watching it again. Right with kind of my lens on for this project that we work on and evaluating things. So there are these elements too. It's it's similar in a way to dances with wolves that feel very progressive. And there's like a lot going on here that seems great. And look at this female empowerment and these, these girls just want to play ball. They've been playing ball in other places. You know, evidently Lord Petty was the only person at least in the main core cast who had grown up playing on a boys baseball team and uh so but that they all really committed to kind of learning how to do this and why do this. so the story i i really appreciate but then it's interesting that we still have some of the jokes about body type and attractiveness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that are still like easy jokes Mm -hmm. And that's like, we're going to make a couple of jokes about Rosie O'Donnell's butt. Right. You know, he's going to spit and throw up and want to drink liquor when he kisses an unattractive old woman. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's a few things that are still kind of like, okay, we can come so far, but there's still going to be some gag lines and laugh lines that we are going to go for in this flick.
0: Well, I'm just I'm just wondering, is that part of the sort of Marshall family of it all, though? It's like,
1: sure.
0: you know, Penny Marshall was raised in this world of TV sitcoms. And, you know, mm-hmm, Gary Marshall mm-hmm. is very much in this sort of world. And it's like, I, I just think that the Marshalls have like, I don't know, like a Mel Brooks style of comedy. You know, it's just. Kinda, yeah, yeah, it is what it is. And, well, it's, and it's a
1: is yeah. Because I like when I mentioned that to my sister, she's like, Well, do you think that's them? Is that the 1940s of it or is that the 1990s of it? I said, Well, I think it's the 1990s of it. Yeah, the 1940s of it. But I mean, overall, just a great, solid cast. I do agree with my sister that, and she is not a fan of Lori Petty and that Lori Petty (laughs) is really annoying in this. Her character is really oh. annoying. <laughs> He's oh, just no. a whiner. Yeah. And maybe Emily's particularly offended being a younger sister. I don't know. Yeah. But I agree. Like Laurie Petty is really annoying.
0: I don't know. I may be a Laurie Petty apologist by the end of this podcast.
1: I think you might be. <laughs> I think you might be. And there are several people who were in that Gina Davis role before Gina Davis was in that role. Like Deborah Winger was in it. There were some other people who had to drop out. Yeah. Like I can't imagine now anybody else mm-hmm. doing that. I thought at the at the beginning and at the end that the older version of Gina Davis mm-hmm. was Gina Davis.
0: Really, you didn't know that?
1: I didn't know that. I did not know it was Lynn Cartwright because they dubbed her voice with Gina Davis's voice, and I thought it was just really good makeup and i figured that out i was this many days old when i figured out that that was not her right but it's strike. it is striking like like she is now almost the same age as linda cartwright was when right. they filmed that in her early 60s yeah yeah. And so it's it, and it's amazing how much they actually
0: look. I would like, say the is, makeup, the makeup is actually really good. The old age acting yeah. is pretty rough. Like the. the oh, the acting yes. in those phases. The is Lori really... Petty,
1: older Lori Petty, equally annoying, equally weird and annoying when she hugs her and does these weird eye but, things. I don't like it.
0: Like the older but, scenes are pretty rough. The the yeah. look is really amazing. Betsy, you have stumbled into already. Oh no. god. <laughs> so early. Top five old age
1: performances. <laughs> oh lord. In movies.
0: Top five okay. old age performances in movies. Now is I'm there an
1: honorable sp- mention?
0: there is an honorable mention now i'm saying top five old age performances but really what i mean is like top five like makeup like old age makeup and movies and the and the performance is really good that goes with them too but um yes i do have a uh, an honorable mention because it's not from a movie it is uh vicky lawrence okay. from mama's family she looks great it is
1: not a movie <laughs> that huh? okay so that's a wig doing a lot of work.
0: <laughs> she looks great.
1: <laughs> I don't know whether it's a, it's a wig and a sweater chain, a sweater chain, you know, like the thing right. where you're wearing your sweater over your shoulder, but your arms aren't in it and you just got a sweater chain. So that's a wig and sweater chain. I would say makeup. I would use that rather. It's yeah. okay.
0: like 20 years old when they're filming.
1: Uh- <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. Uh- okay. Number
1: five. Number five. What do we got?
0: Your mileage may vary on this one. I'm going with old slash young Brad Pitt from the Curious Case of Benjamin Button.
1: Oh man.
0: Now, if you're if you don't mind creepy looking old babies.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) This movie's for you. (laughs) I don't think I've ever seen this movie. Really? I don't oh, think wow. I watched this film. This I allowed this film to just drift on by.
0: Well, while you're oh, waiting for wow. Kate Blanchett to win her next next Oscar, you can catch oh, up God. with this movie so that you can see great. where she's. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Thank you. All right, number four.
0: Uh number four is uh Eddie Murphy and Coming to America.
1: Yeah. Really really yeah. good stuff. Yeah. Really good yeah, stuff. Yeah, barbershop stuff. Great. That's right.
0: That's right. That's great.
1: All right, number three. It's the soup taste the soup
0: uh so those were my two funny ones the next three are actually legit it's incredible to me the old age makeup in these f murray abraham from amadeus
1: oh it looks
0: like f murray abraham from the white lotus if you go back and see amadeus from back then it looks exactly like he looks now 40 years later that
1: is true that is true all right
0: cool number two Number two was Marlon Brando in The Godfather.
1: Old How Vito much was Corleone he actually being aged,
0: so he was like forties when The Godfather uh-huh. came out, uh-huh. and old Vito, you know, with the orange slice in his mouth and stuff like that, kind of looked yeah. like old Marlon Brando.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Yeah. It's weird now. I like age him forward in that because it's so accurate. Okay, yeah. all right. Here we go. Drum roll. Number one. Number one, this
0: may be the most accurate old age makeup ever in the history of movie making. It's Max von Sydow from The Exorcist, who, yeah, as the best I can figure, is that the makeup artists had a time machine, went mm-hmm. into the future, looked at old Max von Sydow, and then went back to the seventies and just made him look like that.
1: Yeah, that's impressive.
0: It was really impressive, and a good that's performance. Cool. Well, who
1: knew us. I was gonna fall into that situation?
0: <laughs> Top five, old age. Um, I have a couple of hot takes just right out of
1: yes. Way. What you got? What you got?
0: Number one, I had big accidental tourist flashbacks during this. <laughs> I think it was during no! the opening. No, it was dur- not, not about the movie itself, no! it was during the opening credits. And I see Gina Davis and Bill Pullman, and I'm like, oh no, oh no, oh no. The last time Tina Davis and Bill Pullman were together, it did not go well.
1: <laughs> no. But he's in it for a hot second.
0: <laughs> right. Right he
1: gets an and Bill Pullman.
0: And, and Bill Paxton? No. Slash that out, Pullman. No.
1: no.
0: There we go. Yeah. Um, yes. Um hot take number two. Madonna mm-hmm. has a better baseball swing than Tom Cruise. Which I don't know how that's possible, but wow. she's solid. Her swing is solid. Cruz should have taken his swing
1: ones. is terrible.
0: His swing is terrible.
1: Her yeah, swing they did. Is they did like a month long camp, essentially with well, these here, players.
0: I mean, here's the thing with here's the thing with sports movies. You gotta get the sports right. If you don't get the sports right, like it, just doesn't work. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you just like, what are what am I watching? You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: I mean, and, and they made them play like unscripted innings because they had to get a ton of footage. Mm-hmm. And they're playing at like hundred degree heat in wool. Yeah. Like it was it was tough. Yeah. It definitely. was tough.
0: The only other thing that I have is just a question, which mm-hmm. is do you think that Dottie drops the ball on purpose at the end of this movie?
1: Oh, it is hotly discussed and debated. I do not. You don't. Because I th- I do not. Because I think she is too competitive. Yeah. <laughs> Very competitive. And she, w- I mean, she got plowed over. Right. You know, I think that's hard to hold on to. I don't think it changes how much sisterly love is present in the movie. If she if she did not mean to drop it, you know.
0: Well, let me like, ask you: this. Would you drop it for Emily? Hell
1: no! No. <laughs> no, we 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 te- we play board games. We teach our children that sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Like there's no taking it easy on people. Wow! Wow! Uh, yeah, no. Mm-mm, mm-mm.
0: I see. No. I let my I let my youngest win mario party all the time whenever we play i'm just like i just throw the game to her all the time but you're saying i should be more ruthless
1: (laughs) and i'm saying that if she needs to yeah because then she's gonna get in some situation where she loses (laughs) and she's gonna not be great about it she's not gonna have learned how to lose gracefully
0: that's kind of how she is already (laughs)
1: She already doesn't lose grace yeah, She, she
0: already pouts So it's like that's kind of why
1: yeah. <laughs> don't, Craig. Uh,
0: you need to chill out, kid. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah. Here's a win. Um, oh Lord. I think she drops it on purpose. I think I think it's the sisterly love thing. I think she's like, it means more to Kit than it does to me. And that's maybe it's subconscious, but that's enough for her hand to open up at the end.
1: I don't think so. I feel like, yeah, I feel like she would not let down her whole team for this, for that relationship. Mm. It's also like, it's interesting, like they played around, I guess, with different types of things. There was a scene that they filmed and screen tested with Dottie and Jimmy Mm -hmm. kissing, Mm -hmm. like the two, like them having, sharing like this, you know, like they're at the ballpark late at night, you know, like that sort of thing. Yeah, and and it did not test well. Like the 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 studio had wanted them to kind of because it's like you got these great stars. Why aren't we using them in this way? And and so, but that messes with the relationships. I think of because what I like about this movie is that it pulls on the idea of team. For me, we all know that I love movies where you get a group of people coming together, Mm -hmm. common goal, Mm -hmm. getting it done, and like this has that in space.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's not the story they're telling. Like, it doesn't make no. any sense to have that scene. And I watched. Did you watch that deleted scene on YouTube? Mm-mm, mm-mm. I watched it, and I was like, "This is not the story. Like, this doesn't no. fit it, the movie. Like, I get well, it. And, but it doesn't fit the
1: movie." Yeah, and the women who were because this is the other thing I was thinking while watching this is we're talking about a generation that is is passing away. This World War II generation.
0: Mm-hmm. and
1: the women who were actually in these baseball leagues are also passing away and were consultants on this movie yeah and they said we didn't we weren't sleeping with coaches <laughs> right. like yeah. like is, this is first like of all, gross. That is that accurate <laughs> and no thank you you know um first of all so, baseball and,
0: baseball players are legit some of the grossest people
1: in the world <laughs> right especially drunk retired <laughs> Whatever. Like, no thanks.
0: Yeah. So what is your best scene from the movie if it's not the deleted scene of Hanks and
1: Davis <laughs> kissing Ooh. face? Um, I think for me it's it's more that montage when Jimmy's kind of turned it around. Mm-hmm. I think that's really what when the team really comes together, it's that good feeling. Like I did have some feelings about I hadn't really appreciated the Gary Marshall Tom Hanks scene. As enough what, until I watched it this time when he's hiring him up to do this job. But after Jimmy kind of wakes up to the fact that he's got a real team on his hands here, and it's them hustling to the bus, you know, you're killing me, Alice, you're killing me. Mm-hmm. And, and the, you know, Stillwell Angel has eaten the lineup, and, you know, that the, all of that, when all of that's coming together, mm-hmm. and then you get the reprise of, you know when she screws up again and throws to the wrong place instead yeah. of yelling at her, right? It takes a different route, <laughs> and and that it's it's when you get Hank's kind of turn on in that way, and then you see, you know, him and Dottie chewing tobacco together. You know, Dottie able to give him that coke instead of you know the they, the studio wanted. Dottie to like have saved jimmy from drinking right but you know they don't go so far as to like her giving him some sort of speech they're teammates and so she's able like yeah here take a coke
0: like i will say the hanks, the that bus scene between hanks and davis yeah. that was like a movie star scene that that actually was really yeah. good it popped off the screen because they were they yeah, had yeah. like they had really good chemistry but also it's like well let's put our two stars in the scene together and see what happens and it like it shows through you know it's a, it's a it's a really good scene mine is depressing i hate this but it's like um you know it's like why would you pick that in a comedy but it's the telegram scene i got a telegram for one of you ladies from the war department oh my god honey. let's see Boy, I hate these. These are the worst. The least the army could do is send someone personally tell your husband's dead. Darn, I had the name right here. Well, now I gotta go back and get this straightened out. Sorry.
1: Hey, just give me the telegram. I can't. I don't have a name on the checklist. Just give me the telegram. Hey, this is official. This is from the War Department. Come on! That's official business. I'm coming. I'm sorry, Betty. No, John!
0: And I think the reason is because it's just so, it's so raw. And I think that the thing that I appreciate most about it is the understating way that tom hanks plays it right where it's like it's not a big deal you just you walk you hand the telegram you say you're sorry you get the hell out like it's just kind of Mm -hmm. like a um you know so often you know and we see this a lot in our world where it's like pastoral care and it's like quit churching things up you know just get to the point tell people you know get to the real of whatever the situation is and get out of the way with like all of the pomp and circumstance right and like yeah. what betty needed in that moment was to grieve and she didn't need tom hanks like you know messing around to get her to that place like just need to get right yeah. to and so yeah the telegram scene always stands out to me because it's just so ah it's just so visceral the way that it comes in
1: and that's penny penny marshall's daughter
0: Oh, Betty Spaghetti! Betty
1: Spaghetti! Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, no kidding! She does really well in that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Tr- Tracy Reiner, here we go. Well, and I do think it's also—I mean, there is that. What's the reason why they're playing baseball? You right. know, the the war, the way a war intrudes in. You know, yeah. and they they did they did a really nice job with some of the detail work. You know, yes, you can go on IMDb and find some goofs and gaffes, but like. You know, when I, re- I remember looking at Dottie's car, and I'm like, man, that car seems way older mm-hmm. than where we are right now. But a lot of people were driving really old cars because cars weren't being manufactured because of the war. Yeah. So you're driving a you know, 15, 20-year-old car around. Mm-hmm. They would have had a hard time getting to Oregon, though, on their yeah, I was going to of gas were like- a week. <laughs> It's going to take like, him a month to get oh back God. to Oregon. Good luck. Hope those, someone's watching those cows.
0: Yeah, it's like when yeah. they were like we're going to drive to Oregon. I'm like, "Oh man, this is like the Oregon Trail just a, a few yeah. years advance. It's like just don't die of dysentery on your way back." Yeah,
1: as long as as long as Bob doesn't get a snake bite on his good foot, <laughs> I think we'll be all right.
0: All right, here we are. Best performance of the movie. Do I do my Lori Petty apology now, or
1: do you? Oh want to- God, no! <laughs> so when Emily and I talked about this, I am also in, along with being in agreement that Laurie Petty's really annoying. <laughs> Best performance of the movie is a Madonna Rosie O'Donnell combo. Yeah, you can't do it, mate. I do it? I could do it. Yeah, how long you been working on it, Doris? Huh? Yeah. Took me about a year. Not counting them two months I was in a hospital, Bat hit me right in the head, bam. Really? Yep. You had not your you behind, because that looks really swollen. Hey, what the heck kind of a thing is that I'm joking, me, okay, okay. Cause Cause so, I'm nervous, all right? I am sorry I don't... What are you looking at? Yeah, what are you looking at? Nothing. Yeah, right nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because, like, this is, you know, this is when you kick off these, like, celebrity friendships, like Rosie and Madonna still friends to Mm -hmm. this day, Penny Marshall and Rosie, Mm -hmm. you know, it was said that Rosie would tell the story that because she could understand Penny Marshall's thick Bronx accent, she got more scenes. (laughs) She could, she could follow instructions and she's just, she's, I feel like there's a lot of improv there. I feel like it's just like, I've, I've always, this was really a big breakout moment for Rosie O'Donnell. Well, so I think she was nominated for, New breakout breakout performance or whatever at the MTV Awards. You know, she she would have done Star Search. She was doing right. stand up.
0: Yeah. That's what I was yeah. gonna say. So was Star Search Star Search would have been like right before this, I think. Yeah.
1: Yes. So so that and then I think combined her the way she and Madonna play off each other, and mm-hmm. just even in that final game seat, you know, where they just keep cutting to her on third base, and she's just she's she's yelling in the way I yell at games. Yeah. So I think that there's 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 a real I really appreciate that. I think I do think Gina Davis does a really nice job. I do think Tom Hanks does a really nice job, but I think it is the well-roundedness of the team and the fact that they had all the stuff they were doing in between takes to kind of keep up spirits and do things and you know like Rosie's doing stand up and you know they're performing Jesus Christ Superstar like all this stuff. Like <laughs> and I and I like the camaraderie.
0: Yeah. What about you? Uh, I'm going for Lori Petty. Okay, let me. Oh,
1: God. Let me no, talk about,
0: like you're joking. No, no, no. I'm going for Lori Petty. But let me talk about oh. Gina Davis first, just really quickly, because you're totally okay. right. The The reason that Gina Davis really works in this is because of her height. She is so tall in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, she looks like an athlete, you know? And it's like when she walks and She out is an field,
1: athlete. Yeah,
0: so like yeah, she's
1: she been in the out... Olympics for the god's sake. Yes. exactly.
0: So when she walks out on the field, she looks legit. You know, you're just like, oh my god. Yeah, that's somebody that people would pay their money to go watch play a sport. You know. Yes. So So, um, so I think that there's there's stuff that Gina Davis brings into the room just physically that like make her performance kind of stand out. Of uh, okay, Lori Petty.
1: What? You traded to Racine. Oh. You? I, I told him to trade me. Oh, yeah, they'd really trade you. Miss Star, Miss Perfect. You know exactly what was gonna happen the whole time. I didn't. This will be better than this. I will quit, okay? I'll quit. Is that what you want me to do? Sure, then everybody will blame me for you quitting. What do you want me to do? I'll do it. Stay away from me. Just leave me alone. That's what I want you to do. kid. Listen to me, it was all a mistake, okay? It was a big mistake. I was getting too good, wasn't I? I knew if I did too good, you'd do something to push me down.
0: Yes, the character is annoying. I think that that's part of the work of, like, Lori Petty doing a really good job with this role. I think the role of Kit is supposed to be annoying. Like, I don't think that we're supposed to sort of side with her. So it makes her redemption at the end of the movie, which I think that the reason that you get Lori Petty is for that closing scene where they are finally able to reconcile with each other. So if Lori Petty's not absolutely on your nerves by that point, like that scene just doesn't quite land in the right way. And like when she's skipping off to the bus, like at the end and starting her own life, like you i feel like man good job lori petty like you you've accomplished what you set out to do your character went from one place at the beginning of this movie to another place at the end of this movie and i i don't know i feel like there's like she's able to show that growth in a real way and it should be said that i have maybe thrown my glove or bat In the same way that Lori Petty did after, like, being pulled from a game or striking out or something like that. I get that frustration and I kind of understand what she was going for in those things.
1: I think Kit needed to lose a little bit more at Mario Party. That's what I think. (laughs) You know, know, God bless her until the next time she (laughs) screws up and pitches another fifth. But what I do think, see, so I don't, I don't find Lori Petty globally annoying, because right. I do, I love her in Station Eleven. Yeah, I like her character in Orange Is the New Black. Right, I think that she's really come into her own mm-hmm. in in kind of embracing where she is now, and and I I, I love it. I, th- I think that those elements of her performance have been really amazing to me. So. Yes, I, it's it's not a global issue with Laurie Petty because I I liked her in Point Break too. Absolutely, but she's a, and maybe more, maybe maybe she really is with Kit Keller, and not with Laurie Petty.
0: Maybe, maybe Who maybe. Knows? Okay, mm-hmm. I got some stats about the movie.
1: Stats, 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 stats.
0: Uh, a League of Their Own opened on July first, nineteen ninety two. Oh, was- summer. Yeah, this was the big. Let's summer go Fourth
1: of July. This
0: was the summer event of the What's summer. What's more this,
1: American? Yeah, you know baseball. what? You know what that
0: is? You know what that is? That first week of July. You know what that is? That's the Will what? Smith spot. That's the Will Smith spot. That
1: is. Yep. Well, but not yet. Not yet. Not, well, yet. not yet.
0: But that's what is it's it, going to become. It that's will what be. It's going okay. to be. You know, it, towards the end Mister of the night, Mister
1: Fourth of July. Right. Mm-hmm. That's
0: right. So, League of Their Own got the Will Smith spot. Good for them. Uh this day in 90210. Da-da-da-da. Da-da-da-da. <laughs> <laughs> season two, episode 28. We're gonna we're kind of gonna go back because they did have summer episodes of 90210, but they started about halfway through the month of July. So we're gonna go back okay. to the season finale of or the the spring finale
1: of mm-hmm. season two.
0: So season two, episode 28, entitled Wedding Bell Blues, after Brenda spends a forbidden weekend with Dylan, her father insists they break up. Meanwhile, Kelly pursues construction worker Jake Hansen. Betsy, can I tell you that I can picture this episode in my mind? I vividly remember this episode of 90210. Really? Oh, yeah, because this was the backdoor pilot for Melrose Place. So Jake Hansen was, oh. what's,
1: his, what's his name?
0: Yeah, the guy from Melrose, please.
1: Oh, Grant Show.
0: Grant Show, right, yep.
1: I yep. just pulled that name out of I don't know where. <laughs> Whose wedding? Was it like, was this Kelly's mom and like David Silver? Or like David Silver's dad? Or what? Wedding Bell Blues?
0: Oh, I don't know what, what Wedding Bell Blues stands for, but I do vividly remember... Oh, 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 gosh, what was the dad's <laughs> name? Oh, the dad. Oh, not Joey Tata. That was the other guy. Um. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> R.I.P. R- R.I.P. Anyway, I vividly remember him being like, you will never see Dylan ever again. Blah, blah,
1: blah, 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 blah,
0: well, He's very upset with, oh. with his
1: little blonde, you know, bald head.
0: Mr. Walsh. Let's
1: see. Here we go. Mr. Walsh. James Eckhouse. James Jim Eckhouse.
0: Wolf. Of course. Yeah, he was very upset with Dylan for a long time there. And yeah. I think Dylan saved his life or something and they became better friends. Okay. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> League of Their At the beach Own. Club? Was <laughs> he drowning? Okay. All right. Back, Seth.
0: A League of Their Own had a domestic gross of $107 million, making it the number 10 grossing movie of 1992.
1: Ooh. Yeah, big nice. hit, big hit, big hit.
0: It was the number six hundred and eighty eighth top grossing movie of all time. Oh,
1: oh, we're gonna, oh, we're gonna get some good ones. Okay, I'm into it. What do we got?
0: So you get a League of Their Own. You it comes between Baby Driver, okay, and an animated movie called Epic, which came out in 2013. This was from the studio that brought you Ice Age. (laughs) So so not a Disney movie, but like one of those animated movies, you know, from 2013. Epic. So you get Baby Driver, A League of Their Own, and Epic. Flirt Mary. Oh,
1: okay. So I'm familiar with Epic because I have a child that was born in 2007.
0: Oh, so this so epic movie was in her wheel would house.
1: be, we were six years old. <laughs> I recall this movie. It's yep. a pretty good movie, i say. Okay. Um, if oh, you say man. so.
0: <laughs> I, have, I have not, nor will I ever <laughs> I feel see
1: bad. You should watch this. You've got kids that would love this movie. I think
0: I've aged out of the epic demographic, my kids.
1: You think yeah. Do they watch um Tinkerbell movies? You know what? They don't
0: like movies. Like <laughs> my, my kids don't like movies. Well, I, I'll say my oldest one does not like she doesn't like watching movies. Uh my younger oh. one, my younger one, she really likes Jurassic Park. That's like her
1: <laughs> that's her
0: speed. <laughs> wow. A, she's a big dinosaur fan, and we watched Jurassic Park. And I was like, now this movie may be a little scary. And we got through the movie and I was like, was this too scary for you? And she's like, no, it wasn't scary. They were just dinos. And I was like, oh, okay. All right, then.
1: (laughs) Now I'm imagining the world, the the miniature forest world of epic being just a big T-Rex. When it comes down (laughs) and she would love it. That's right. Um, All right. So this is tough because I feel like these are some fun movies. So... I think I'm gonna flirt with Baby Driver, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. marry the League of Their Own, and sadly, I'm gonna have to kill Epic because I didn't. I I feel bad though, but that's just by process of elimination.
0: Yeah, so this is my answer as well. Uh, fun fact about mm-hmm. me: I have, I am an Edgar Wright fan. I have never seen Baby Driver, so.
1: Oh, I thought you were gonna say that you can drive getaway cars. No, that's not a fun fact. But I know you.
0: it has that's the guy a- from West Side Story in it. Um, Yes, I think he's problematic now or something. I don't know. Anyway, all that is to say that uh I have not seen it uh yet. I would give it a try more than I would give the movie Epic a try. Definitely.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: Mm. A League of Their Own had an 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. Sounds low, right? Yeah, that feels low to that's me.
1: So low.
0: Yeah, that I feels like low. That. Yeah, we were just, hmm. I mean, what did we say for Homeward Bound? Or what was it? Howard's End. What did we say? Howard's End was like at 94%. So. Yeah. Yeah, this feels weird. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you hmm. think Roger Ebert thought of this movie?
1: This has got a lot of Hollywood juice on it. I think he liked it. Because <laughs> it's got the Marshalls. It's got Hanks. Uh-huh. Like, it's Davis. I think he. I think he liked it
0: little All humor, a right. little heart. So let me start. Usually, I save the star rating for the end. Um, let me go ahead and give you the star rating up front. He gave it a three out of okay. four. But let me read this Gosh. excerpt from his review. He says,
1: "Okay, the
0: movie. The movie has a real bittersweet charm. I mean, does it?
1: <laughs> Is it because it's like life in wartime? And I don't know. I, mean,
0: I don't." I don't quite know what's bittersweet about it. If Bill Pullman had died at the end, I think it would be a bittersweet movie. But
1: well, here's what. Well, and oh, I have an opinion on this, but I, but I. think it's the 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 lasting theme. So I'll save my I'll save my thoughts.
0: Okay. All right end here. Okay. Um, okay. I do not have a Janet Maslin review again, but I have Rita Kempley again. So we may just switch. Okay, let's over do it.
1: Rita Go Kempley. Rita. Yeah, maybe. So, Rita Kimble her from the
0: Washington Post says, mm-hmm. "Graced by Davis and enlivened by Lovitz and the ensemble cast, a league of their People own." People
1: love John Lovitz in this thing. Okay, keep going.
0: I got to tell you, I barely thought about Lovitz when this when the <laughs> when the credits were rolling on this thing. I they I,
1: wrote this role for him. They wrote it for John Lovitz. Okay, keep unbelievable.
0: Going. Was oh, Lovitz yeah. still on SNL at this point? Or had he transitioned out? Was this his big thing after his SNL stint?
1: This might have been his big thing after. Okay,
0: graced by Davis and enlivened by Lovitz and the ensemble cast, it sends us home feeling a little higher, with visions of peanuts and crackerjack floating in our heads. All
1: yeah, right. right. Rita,
0: That's... come on, come on, Rita. It's
1: a little <laughs> schmaltzy.
0: Let's uh, let's, let's lighten it up a little bit. Rita. Uh how to do with the Oscars. Betsy, this movie had no wins and no nominations.
1: Uh, <laughs> nominations. Um So, it was nominated for, for Golden Globes. Well,
0: it, yes, it was, she but we're we're still we song? still find our the the Golden Poppers still finds the Golden Globes to be problematic. So, in turn, yes. we will we will turn to another favorite of ours, It was nominated for three MTV Movie Awards. Betsy, what three MTV Movie Awards was this movie not? Okay,
1: all right, all right. So I already said Rosie O'Donnell, yes? Yes, Best Breakthrough
0: Performance, yes. Breakthrough Performance. Breakthrough And
1: then I think you got to nominate Gina Davis for her ball-catching skills.
0: Yes, Best Female Performance, Gina Davis, yes.
1: And then... Because I could not believe there's a Carly Simon song that is yeah. opens this film. Yeah, it is not good. It is not a good song. It's it's but no, the best song.
0: Uh, yeah, it's no working girl. You know Carly Simon. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> no, but the best song is "This Used to Be My Playground."
0: Oh uh, yeah, by yeah.
1: Madonna. So was it nominated for that?
0: It's not. No, no Madonna nominations, which is fascinating because she Hmm. was all over MTV at this point. No Madonna for the movie awards. So
1: what's the third nomination?
0: Oh, Betsy, you're gonna hate this one. Best kiss: Tom Hanks and Pauline Grillsford.
1: Oh no! I am disappointed. Disappointed. Oh,
0: MTV, never change. You're just so. <laughs> you're
1: it's big let's just So
0: inappropriate. I'm sure like Beavis and Butthead read the nominations for that.
1: Yes, I'm sure they did. <laughs> Which team do you play for? Well, I, I'm a peach. Well, I was just wondering because I couldn't figure out why you would throw home when we've got a two run lead. You let the tying run get on second, and we lost the lead because of you! Now you start using your head! That's not love that's three feet above your ass! (laughs) Are you crying? No! Are you crying? Are you crying? (laughs) There's no crying! There's no crying in baseball! Why don't you leave her alone, Jimmy? Oh, you zip it, Doris! Rogers Hornsby was my manager, and he called me a talking pile of pig And that was when my parents drove all the way down from Michigan to see me play the game! And did I cry? No, no. No! Yeah. No! And you know why? No. Because there's no crying in baseball! There's no crying in baseball! No crying!
0: Uh okay, what is the lasting legacy of this movie? I wrote down women's sports um as like a way for us to yeah. talk about gender and sports and stuff like that. Just gender in general a little bit too, because I think that there's a little bit of that going on here. Here's the thing in America, we I think we pay lip service to women's sports, but sometimes women's sports faces economic challenges that men's sports. Doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wrote down a few leagues that come to mind when I think of women's sports, because women's baseball is no longer a thing, right? Uh, women's softball mm-hmm. leagues are a thing, but even those sort of exist in amateur.
1: But leagues. they don't play in the in the right in the Olympics anymore. Right. they talking about so bring it back, right? When I but... think of
0: pro women's sports, the leagues that immediately come to mind are the women's soccer leagues, obviously. Um, the WNBA and the LPGA. And then of course, like, you know, women's, uh, tennis, I think, you know, especially with the Williams sisters that has sort of, you know, a currency in sort of, um, American athletic culture. But I mean, of these leagues, like they're all dwarfed by, you know, men's athletic ratings and stuff like that. -hmm. I don't know. I'm just curious. Like, what what do you think the juice is for women's sports in America?
1: Well, because you know we've just celebrated a big anniversary of Title IX, but then you still have instances like the NCAA tournament, right? Mm -hmm. And you can see them trying, like the basketball tournament, like they're trying to have equity, but it just takes somebody saying, "This is their weight room," you know, the Oregon player, and this is ours. And how that coverage happens, you know. I mean, I, yeah, we talk about it even here at school. You know, like who gets who? What what time is is each other's games? If if both varsity boys and varsity girls basketball are playing, who's in kind of the premier spot? Right. That you can kind of that isn't happening while other people are in afternoon options. You know, I don't think there's something nefarious there, but I think it's it's just it's it's just kind of where we are and. Yeah. You know, I, as, as someone who, who benefited from having a father who wanted me to play athletics at the mother who was into that, that benefit of sport I've received in my life, still think of myself as an athlete, which makes me mm-hmm. laugh. But, uh, but I think once you, once you are that you, you, you think about that, right. Yeah. And the opportunity that sport offers and that I see it uh, offer my own child. Yeah. It's, I think we're still, Yeah. You know, arc of history is long bending towards justice hmm. yeah but the hard thing is is that it's bringing all of it's bringing something that we want to be equitable and equal in contact with making money
0: right and, and so where and the money
1: is it's the capitalism aspect of it that screws it up
0: yeah tony kornheiser always has the same quote uh from that he quotes uh uh Another sports writer called Don Olmeyer, who says the answer to all your questions is money. And that's the that's the always the answer with sports. Mm-hmm. Right. The answer is money. So it's like so, the you know, it's fascinating to me that the the league in America that will always have money and will always make money is uh, the NFL. The NFL is um is a juggernaut of American sports, right? And and its mm-hmm. championship game is basically like a federal holiday in our country that's dedicated to capitalism, commerce, advertising, marketing, and oh yeah, there's a gladiatorial football game at the middle of all of it. I think the the thing about women's athletics is that yes, they don't have as much money. They don't make as much money as men's leagues and if the paragon of American athleticism is the NFL, well that seems so far removed from how we think of women's sports, right? Because it is mm-hmm. incredibly violent. It involves you know, like body specimens that are so far from the norm of like, you know, just an average American body. Like, it's just, you know, it's, it's almost like the antithesis of like, uh, an LPGA, you know, or a Mm -hmm. WNBA player or, you know, uh, or even a Williams sister who are like, maybe the toughest people that we can think of, you know, in women's sporting. Mm So, I don't know. It's just, like, I feel like Americans, you know, it's kind of, like, the proof is, like, in where the money goes. And all yeah. of American money goes towards, like, the most violent, most masculine, most testosterone-filled thing.
1: Hmm. Well, for me, the, the impact of the movie and kind of the theme that I think I noticed this time that might add, add to the bittersweet quality mm-hmm. of the film is this idea of leaving home, leaving home to go find opportunity, take a risk to go do what might be next for you. And you know, that scene with Marla Hooch, which is just one of my favorite characters Very in the neat. whole film, you know, yeah. with her and her dad in the train station and that, that had originally, the original cut of the movie was like four hours long. And this got cut in that cut. But then it got put back in. Mm-hmm. But that idea of you got to go where things happen. Yeah. And it's, I think, thinking about that idea, I think that idea was still real in, at the time of this film. And I had that feeling of I want to go where things happen. You know, I'm going to go away for college. I'm going to go someplace else. I'm going to live somewhere else. I don't know how that feels now, mm-hmm. when it, when it feels like everything is happening right here, on your phone, um, as opposed to somewhere out there, in the world. There's a bittersweet quality to that. It's like this those moments war upends everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah you know, the the you know the civil rights movement. The you know migrations around this country, lives were completely changed because of this baseball league. Mm-hmm. People brought from wherever they were, you know, and the oh yeah, group of us are going to stay here, right. you know, and and that completely changes. It happened to my grandparents. They they were moved around when my grandfather worked for the health department during the war, and they were stationed. They were they was the first time. My grandmother has left. A family member of mine had left Connecticut in 350 years, and they were moved south and lived in Florida, New Orleans, and and then had looked at each other and were like, "Hey, you know, we don't have to go back north. We don't have to go back to Boston and Connecticut. We could stay here." And then they end up in Tennessee. And they end up saying, oh, there are no Episcopal, there are no congregational churches around here. We'll go to the Episcopal Church. Hmm. And here I am working at Episcopal High School. I mean, like, lives are changed
0: Yeah, absolutely. in these
1: upheaval moments. So it's, I think that there's a bittersweet quality to that, that you have to sometimes leave home to find it. And.
0: Yeah, you have to see it as like a real possibility and a real opportunity, which for most mm-hmm. people, like. It's like th- that opportunity just doesn't exist. You're locked in from birth, and you know, where you're going to live, mm-hmm. who you're going to marry, what you're going to do mm-hmm. for a career like, all of that stuff is just kind of and uh, being able to seize an opportunity that feels like a fantasy is, yeah, it's always going to be an amazing story. Yeah. Hey, a real quick question just to wrap up this whole mm-hmm. sort of section Is there something mm-hmm. about competition that sort of lends itself to gender division you know obviously in sports there's like men's leagues and women's leagues and there's this current debate albeit um, bad faith arguments on one side in particular about like you know the role that gender plays and who can play in what leagues and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um but it strikes me that you know we're recording this episode Before the Oscars aired this Sunday, the Oscars are an institution Mm -hmm. that still has gendered acting categories. Now, I will say that we are kind of guilty of this, too, but I will say we changed our category from like best actor actress to like best performance. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. When we talk about the movies individually, what is that about? Is it because the Oscars are a competition that like roles have to be gendered? Like, what is at stake for it to just be a best performance Oscar?
1: Well, what's at stake is that the system is still misogynist, and so it's <laughs> it's um it's dealing with the fact that it's not like we're we're doing real great at that. I I I was just listening to a podcast that I really love uh, called Keep It. There was a they were discussing that you know maybe we're not there yet to be able to do that because of how we nominate. But what if we allowed there to be 10 best directors? We allow 10 movies. Right. You know, so that we've only had maybe, what, seven, nine women ever nominated for best director. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you know, we still have a system that won't give them those jobs to then, you know, allow them to be nominated, right? So it's like, so it's not just the Oscars. Like, there's all these female directors that no one's nominating. But oftentimes, director is also saluting the overall quality of a film. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't we, could we expand that to allow more of that, more of that recognition to potentially be present? Because, you know, the Oscars, I mean, it's all about, again, it's all about money. It's all about money and generating money. And it's a marketing juggernaut for your film to be able to slap on your poster that it's Oscar-nominated, Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that people may you know i don't know i can't now say linger at the video store to, right. to, to take that dvd home or whatever but it's so, also hard if it's a marketing juggernaut to imagine going to less categories yeah yeah absolutely. right then there's less opportunity for winning yeah um,
0: totally. interesting um okay we can get through the last few categories really quickly i think who is okay. this movie for it's for everybody, uh, it's, mean, for everybody.
1: it's for everybody yeah It's for kids. Mm -hmm. It's for boomers. Yeah. I saw this as
0: a kid. It's for the greatest
1: generation. It's for all of everybody.
0: For everybody. Uh, What's your rating for this movie out of five?
1: 4.5. Oh, okay.
0: I I went with a four.
1: Give it a 4.5.
0: Would you say it's above or below The Crying Game?
1: I didn't have to rank The Crying Game.
0: (laughs) Well, it was ranked 4.5 for you. so. Above,
1: <laughs> and it only loses point 0.5 because of Lori Petty.
0: <laughs> I, I, guess, I gave it a four out of five. This movie's great, it's the definition of a rewatchable, and yeah. Penny Marshall is really talented. Who knew? Uh, why did we <laughs> nominate this movie? Because it's great,
1: because it's great. <laughs> it was, it was no, there's no question because
0: the Oscars should have nominated it, and I don't know why they didn't. Uh, we've already touched on what Emily said about the movie. Not yeah. a fan of Laurie Petty. Emily, go back and watch this movie again. You it? <laughs> yeah. Um, it? This was not nominated for Best Picture, so I don't know if Billy Crystal said anything about this at the Oscars. I'll, If he did, I'll include a cut of it here. A League of Their Own, the story of the women's baseball team, was um, uh, wanted you to uh, notice Madonna's performance in that. So they sent from the movie Harboustier... And Cup, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> it was for Best Supporting Actress. And, you <laughs> um, Okay, so that's it. A, a League there, of Their Own, Pacino, in the books. Yep. For two- Next up, Betsy, we are back in the world of Spike Lee. Here we go. We've been away from Spike for a while gosh what do the right thing i guess was our last i bite.
1: think so yeah we
0: didn't do jungle fever yeah so malcolm x is our next movie malcolm yes. x from spike lee let's do it uh Sounds masterpiece good. from spike lee one of, mm-hmm. one of spikes like i mean it's like an epic so yeah. settle in i think we're i think we've got like four hours of malcolm X. I
1: think we do i think we do i'm
0: ready <laughs> i'm ready uh betsy thank you for playing ball with me today uh should we play two
1: <laughs> play two yeah, you know, double header.
0: Uh, yeah. Run it, back, run it back. Do the pot again.
1: Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. 100 degree heat and we're in wool. Let's do it.
0: <laughs> All right. We'll see you next time.
1: Bye.